messages. All right. Welcome to the Aging Workshop. My name is Sharon, and I am a compulsive overeater and your moderator for this meeting. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Yeah. And, and also we have where this microphone can come out and down. So if someone needs to just share from the floor, they can as well. And it will continue to be recorded. Thank you. Before we get started, we ask that all cell phones or other electronic devices be turned off now. We remind you that this session is being taped. All speakers must sign the release form. And also the recording uh, gentleman men mentioned that we do need to speak you know, directly into the mic so we get a good recording. To protect our anonymity, no phot photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. The opinions expressed here today are those of the individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. The format for this session is as follows. We will have three speakers who will share for 20 minutes, followed by three-minute open pitches until the end of the session. The topic for this session is aging, recovery in the golden years. And the following is a reading from Lifeline Sampler, page 221 to 222. A few months ago, or quote, a few months ago, I realized I would soon be having a birthday, and the age I would be turning was not pleasant to contemplate. Suddenly, and it felt like overnight, I was feeling different about certain aspects of my life that had not been a problem before. Thanks to this program, I have a way to make it through this season of my life and whatever others lie ahead. I thank God for this wonderful fellowship and for each person who touches my life. I would hate to go through life without them. So I'd like to begin with our first speaker, who is Jean from Roseville. And also Louise is um, doing our time, so she'll let... Everyone know their, their time available. All right, Jean. Hi. I'm Jean, Grateful Recovering Compulsive Eater. Hi. Hi. And um, because this is on aging, you'll all appreciate that I use notes. I have senior, senior memory sometimes. Um, and, you know, just a couple of minutes to um, qualify that I belong in these rooms, like Pamela in the skit last night and her romancing of the chocolate bars, which probably none of us eat today. It was fun watching her learn that. Um, 
Anyway, I couldn't, got to a point where I couldn't stop eating or gaining. Um, this was in, well, eating season of 1991, 1992, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all that. And a friend of mine recommended that I go to Howe, which was not part of OA at the time. But I did that. I lost my weight, got a sponsor, vice versa. Um, and eventually moved over to regular OA because, for me, I found Howe too rigid. Um, and that's, um, that's what happened. Um, I've been abstaining from sugar for 20-plus years. I've had an up and a down in, in the midst of that um, not for long and not much, but you know that was. But still, abstained from sugar. Um, I've been maintaining my current range. I have a five-pound range for a number of years. Um, pretty much, same clothes in my closet for. I don't know how many years, which is is neat for me because for most of my life I was yo-yo, up and down, forty, fifty pounds, you know, which is not a very healthy thing to do. Anyway. Um, Start this off by by quoting what is in our invitation to you, which is right at the beginning of some meetings. Our invitation to you. We find that to deal with our inner turmoil, we have to have a new way of thinking, of acting on life rather than reacting to it. In essence, a new way of living. And that's what I found in these rooms was a new way of living. It wasn't just the food. It was a new way of, of looking at life, of accepting what is, um, which is difficult for me to do sometimes. I did not want to be a compulsive overeater. Okay, I came to these rooms five years before I finally came and stayed. And what I did was I came in and looked for the differences. You know, you were all different than I was. I didn't do this and I didn't do that. You know, and in truth... I belonged there at that point, but I just didn't want to didn't want to look at it. So, and my attitude and my good health today are in large part due to the OA program, and I work another twelve step program as well. So, anyway, changes as I age. Okay, um, part of what I've learned in recovery is honesty. Okay, my driver's license obviously has the correct age, and I just turned three-quarters of a century this year. Um, and it also has my correct weight on it. Fancy that. <laughs> you know, it's, been, that's, it's the first time in years that that's been true for me. Um, I find that um, it takes me longer today to do things than it used to do. Any of you notice that? It takes me longer to rebound from heavy-duty things. Uh, we've been in uh, rehearsal for that skit for almost two months now, and it's taken a large part of, of my time, and I don't memorize well anymore. I can remember being in school and memorizing poems and memorizing this and that, and I'm also in school again, so I do have to learn things for exams, and it's, it's really time-consuming to do that. So I put kind of the rest of my life has been over here on hold for a lot of that time. Um, and it'll take me a while to move back into my regular routine. Um, and it takes me longer, longer as time goes on. And I have learned to just be okay with that, accept who I am and be gentle with myself. And if I need to lay down and take a nap, I do that. And if I need to go to bed early or just sit and read a good book, I can do that too. Um, what else? 
I tend to be a little bit of a clutterer, although I work at that. Well, I'm a workaholic, too. Of course, I would work at that. But um, tend tend to, um, you know, as I bring one thing in the house, I let something else go. So I've always got something for the Goodwill bag or the folks who come around and pick it up. Um, that I've done for a long time. But I found that I kept adding and adding each day to my spiritual practice or each week or each month. Somebody would say, oh, I do this every day or I do that every day. And I'd think, oh, that sounds like a wonderful idea. And I would just add it. And I have a spiritual mentor, and she looked at me and she said, Jean, what do you do when you bring home a new piece of clothing? And I said, well, I let go of one. And she said, what have you done with your spiritual practice? It was taking me two to three hours every morning to get through. Read this, read this, read this. You know, I get a lot of phone calls in the morning. I sponsor a lot of women. And I get other phone calls from from my other program. I was making phone calls. I was reading. I was writing out of four or five different books, you know, (laughs) and wondering why I was worn out and never had any time to do anything else, you know. It's a really nice way to avoid housework, but, you know, that's, that's not my main purpose in life. So anyway, she suggested that I start decluttering, if you will, my spiritual life and do a reasonable amount of each thing, which pretty much I am doing today. Um, you know the old saying, life begins at 40? Well, mine in recovery began at 42, not in this program. So, you know, today... Um, In in the years that I've been around 12-step programs, 30-plus, I've had the courage to go back to school several times. I'm in school again, actually. Love that. Um, Gotten many certifications, learned how to be self-supporting by my own contributions, which I wasn't when I I got to these rooms. Um, and, and what else do I know about that? I do things alone, okay? I enjoy road trips, and I get in my little pickup, and I carry meals with me, two meals out of the three. I eat an abstinent dinner usually out on the road, but I carry breakfast and lunch, and that's how I travel. And I've, take, I've traveled the entire western 11 states several times over. I have a son who lives in Tucson, Arizona, and a daughter and her two kids and and three grandkids. I have five greats, by the way, um, who live in Laramie, Wyoming. I had a granddaughter, half a granddaughter, and at one point she was stationed, she was in the Army at the time and was stationed up in Washington. So I got to travel, you know, all over and see some marvelous things, and I like traveling alone. Um, that's, That's my preferred method. And I'm not alone, actually. You know, I used to say God is my co pilot well, today he's the pilot, and I just, I just hold on to the steering wheel and, you know, go. I'm not fearful about doing that. I enjoy traveling. I enjoy doing other things alone. I, I, you know, if I want to go see a movie and nobody's available, I take myself to a movie or whatever. So, um, yeah, um, my service has changed Earlier on in program, I would, I would do a lot of group service and some group rep type service. Um, I don't do much of that anymore. I don't get to evening meetings much anymore because I don't like to drive at night. It's not that I can't. It's that I, I would prefer not to do that. Um, 
I do things like Speaker Seeker, um, you know, which is relatively easy and involves phone calls. It involves going to some meetings that are outside, you know, where I usually go to meetings, which is wonderful. You know, I love doing that. So, oh. Speaker Seeker. Oh, actually, both my programs, we have speaker seekers. Um, and it involves just setting up. I go, the meetings that I go to in both programs um, have speakers every week. They're not book study meetings. Well, yeah, the, my regular OA meeting is Saturday morning, Roseville. And we do big book and we do steps, steps traditions. Um, so that takes up two meetings a month. But the other three meetings, instead of relying on just asking for people, we have somebody go get speakers from other meetings. It's nice to hear different points of view. And I like to get to different meetings. The other thing that I do for service is this kind of thing. I have to tell you that I will probably never, I don't usually use never, but I will probably never volunteer to be in a skit again. <laughs> That was way outside my comfort zone. And I got to flex my boundary muscles and say, you know, I've never been able to dance. I, have, I don't have a good sense of balance, have never had a good sense of balance. I have an inner ear thing going there. And I finally figured out they'd have to pick me up off the floor, you know, sooner or later. So I just said, you know, I don't do dancing. If you want me to stay and sing, I'd be happy to do that. You know, but I can... Probably will not volunteer there. But I do volunteer to speak at other meetings or at things like this. I enjoy sharing my experience, strength, and hope. Um, what else? Um, acceptance. Today I accept who I am and where I am. I've probably shrunk an inch and a half in the last maybe five years. Um, our, my mother lost four inches to osteoporosis, and I don't have that yet. Um, I'm grateful for that. My sister has lost two or three inches, so we're almost the same height now. She's always out-told out me, if you will, by several inches. And, you know, when you shrink, got to go somewhere, okay? And how about right there in front? Um, and I've come to accept that. My mother was probably anorexic, and... She was 79 when she died, and she had a pooch there, too, and she didn't like it. She hated it. So, and that's a wonderful thing about these programs is I accept who I am and how I look. You know, I, I don't have to worry about fitting in, you know, the, the hip-slick cool jeans anymore. You know, I, not that I ever looked that way particularly, but I don't worry about that anymore. Um, I probably don't exercise as much as I could. I would like to get out and walk every day. I would like to stand up here and tell you that I get out and walk every day, but you know what? Spontaneous walking, which is something I read about, and I read all these articles, and then I file them, you know, <laughs> how that goes. Talked about spontaneous walking. You know, I'm parked way to heck and gone out behind this, this facility. So I walk coming in and I walk going out. And when I go grocery shopping later today, I'll park clear at the edge of the parking lot. Walk in, walk out. So I do a lot of walking 
in what I do. Um, I don't think standing counts because I do a lot of that too. Um, it takes me, I already talked about that, it takes me longer to do what I used to do. Um, I don't know that I have 20 minutes today. I have a sponsee who is a little bit younger than I am. She turned 70 about a year ago, two years ago maybe. And for her 70th birthday, she strapped on a parachute and jumped out of an airplane. That is not on my bucket list. (laughs) But you know, she had the courage to do it, and and she probably will do it again at some point. Yeah, Um, amazing woman. And we do things. This skit last night was way out of my comfort zone. And today I know that life starts, you know, at the edge of my comfort zone. I have to get out of my comfort zone now again in order to continue growing. Um, What else am I doing that's new and changing? I can let things go that I thought used to think that had to be done in order for me to be a good person, a good housekeeper, a good, you know, whatever. You know, housework drops right off the bottom of my list when, when I get tired. Yeah. You know, how important is it is one of my favorite slogans. How important is it, you know, to have the something dusted or, or whatever? It'll be there next week or tomorrow or, or whenever. And I would hope that when people come to my home, they come to visit with me and not to inspect my house. Um, my mother and I had had a, an agreement that when we visited each other, we would not look at the ceiling and look at the cobwebs floating up there. I have a high rafter house and uh, in the living room, and it has a wood beam across across the top. And you know that really attracts spiders, and spiders have webs, um, and they stay up there. They don't they don't come visit me down below. So that's a neat thing. Um, where all this has come from, acceptance and surrender, surrendering my food, surrendering my changes as I grow older. You know, it's not ever going to reverse. Um, and we are who we are. I accept who I am. I accept my body the way it is. And all of that has come from being in 12-step programs, from working the steps, having a sponsor, coming to conventions and weekends like these, um, a plug for the Tahoe Retreat, which is coming up for those of you who are around. That's a wonderful spiritual weekend. And I've done a lot of those over the years, and no, I'm not going either. Um, Beautiful place on Lake Tahoe. But all of these things, uh, having a sponsor, having a sponsor, working steps with a sponsor, when I first came into these rooms, and they were other rooms, um, I heard people talk about the first time I worked the steps. And I thought, you mean I have to do this more than once? You know, and, and what I know today is that when I have a problem, and I still have challenges, you know, I don't accept everything immediately, I can work all the 12 steps, you know, take a problem, use the steps to work it. This is something very recent, and it actually came to me through a sponsee. Work all 12 steps, you know, and what is my part in it? Share that with my sponsor, and it goes away. I use a God box. 
I put Annie in the God box a gazillion times this last two months, I have to tell you. Um, And it worked. It worked. Good message. Um, And I really enjoy being here at this convention, and I thank all of you for being here and listening. And I have to just share briefly, this is also, it came out of the newspaper, a comic strip, so it's obviously not conference-approved literature. And this one woman is saying, so now that you're 40, that was a long time ago, any big changes in your future? And the other one says, you know, funny thing about getting older and changes, you begin to trust in life as it happens and see it as a series of opportunities instead of a string of obstacles. And that's how I look at challenges in my life today. I I get on my knees every day sometime. I try to do it in the morning, but you know how mornings are, at least my mornings. But I get on my knees and I ask God to show me how I can be of service today. And for today, this is part of it. So thank you very much. Thank you, Jean. Our second speaker is Pamela from Los Angeles. Hi, my name's Pamela. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi. Hi. Okay, so I'm really grateful to be here, and I'm really grateful to be doing service but I have to be really honest. So I get an email, and it says, would you speak on one of our panels? And I said, sure. And they said, well, here are the panels available. And I said, just put me wherever you need me. And they put me on aging. Okay, so that's been a little bit of a resentment, okay? (laughs) I'm figuring maybe the wrinkle cream I need to change brands or something. Obviously, this isn't working, but um, one day at a time, I'm really happy to be here, and I really feel I have a message to carry. I came into these rooms 19 years ago. I was 50 years old, and and it didn't happen overnight. My bottom line abstinence is loving myself. Because before I came to program, I hated myself. I was the penultimate yo-yoer. I vacillated between 120 and 220 pounds. And when I did my first, first step, it says right about the history with food, I never talked about emotions. That was totally unrelated. It was like... Eight years old, pears and cottage cheese, started out at X, ended up at Y, lost so many pounds. I'm a computer programmer. I'm into the numbers. So I ended up putting every diet I'd ever been on, my beginning weight, my ending weight, how much I lost. Then I couldn't control myself. I had to add up the last column. I gained and lost 685 pounds. So when I had a girlfriend that I went to college with, where we're kind of binge buddies, and she was going to AA, and she was doing, living with me and doing the steps, I noticed after she did her ninth step that she was a different person. I still thought 
I had my doo-doo together a lot more than she did, okay, because I am so cool. Uh, But I saw the change in her, and I said, if I can go from where I am now and make that percentage change in the peace and serenity she has, I want to do that. So I came for the vanity. I stayed for the sanity. And I think I regained my youth. This is a really weird thing to say, but I I never had a life because I thought about the food. I have a friend who has had five, six years ago, she had the bariatric, and she took off the weight and got... I still thought she was not in a normal range, but, you know, she was not going to the big lady sizes. And then she gained a lot back, and she went back and had a lap band. And after six months after the lap band, I said, how are you doing? She said, you know, I haven't lost anything, and I got it as tight as it'll go. And then... So that's a sad story. Some people, I'm, I'm not making a judgment, but she looks at me and says, how do you feel about your body now? Because even when I was 120, I felt really ugly, unacceptable, less than, just, if somebody said that's a nice dress, I'm saying, I, I just could not love myself. And you know what I said? I said, I am hot. I love my body, I love who I am, and I am hot. And you know, that happened not just because I do all this stuff they say in that doggone big book and all those step stuffs, and I do it. I do it the best I can, and I follow this program the best I can. But I feel that now that I like my body, I might as well just be young. And the reality is I have never gone through menopause due to chemical supplements. So like, you know, my girlfriend says to me every now and then, are you pregnant? (laughs) I haven't gone through menopause yet, and I think that's a perfect question to ask. So I started out loving myself. I started out doing a lot of service. And I started out getting love from you. One of my my favorite stories is I went in, and I'm very headstrong, I'm very controlling, I'm very successful in many parts of life. And I went in, and I heard people say, when I came to this program, I, I came late, and I sat in the back of the room, and then I ran out first thing I could because I didn't want to talk to anybody. Well, I felt exactly like that, but... Dang, I was not going to act like that. So I showed up early, and I left late, and I was in abject terror at all times because I didn't really want to interact with you. You might see who I was, and that was really an ugly, awful person. But God played a trick on me as I... And, and the only conversation I ever had with my fellow members is, like, do we fi- do five or six chairs in these rows? And do I empty the bathroom trash with the other trash? You know what I mean? I, I, 
And people started liking me. They said, there's that Pam. And they'd say, hi, Pam, how are you doing? They thought I was just this wonderful, loving, giving person. I was scared to death, and I was just faking it till I could make it. Now I feel pretty much like a loving, giving person. Now, when you have gained and lost 685 pounds, you know how to exercise, and you know how to diet. I had one blessing in my life, and that is a majority of the diets I did were very healthy. I did not know till I was in the program for five years that I was a bulimic. How did I figure that out? I used to do these things called cleanses. I used to read this book called Fasting Can Save Your Life, and I'd go into work and I'd be drinking this herbal tea and psyllium seeds and taking supplements and having colonics. And I didn't know I was binging and purging. I thought I just had a clean colon. But, but, but the bottom line is I did have a clean colon and I did do something that was healthy. I didn't starve myself on sugar. And most of the things I sought out had a health basis, and I never would admit to anyone I was doing this about my weight. I would say, you know, there's a study in Sweden, and you know, these women did this every six months, and they never got cancer. So that's why I'm doing it. I was on the scale 14 times a day before I used the restroom, after I used the restroom, after I took my rings off. I mean, okay. (laughs) I was there. I was very there. Okay, so now, what has changed? I have a food plan. And those foods are very, very, very healthy foods. This is my opinion. Somebody else can tell you another opinion. I came in on April 15, 1994. I couldn't figure out an abstinence. The abstinence that I first picked was no sugar. But I couldn't stick with it. I never start over. I was 50 years old. I'd started over. Tomorrow had been the story of my life. And oh my God, here come my pictures. <laughs> Do you have my pictures? You don't have my pictures. Well, you know, I used to be younger. <laughs> I used to be thinner and I used to be fatter. I have one picture where I look twice this age. I was so fat. Um, and that, and, and that was very hard on my body, but luckily the way that I got thinner was not only through just vegetables, very healthy eating, but also through exercise. And that's what I do now. My food plan, 1998, I mean, 1994 was, became three meals a day. And I did that for a while, and I came in the program, and I had lost weight through a 30-day fast, so I already wasn't that heavy, but I have gained and lost weight in my abstinence. I've changed my abstinence. I don't start over. I just keep going forward, and I let things change. But, you know, I read all these health magazines, and I hear all these people speak on really being healthy, and it's exactly what my abstinence is. I've never been in how, but I pretty much weigh and measure. I don't bring it into the restaurant, 
But you know what's really neat now is in California, the restaurants have to say the number of calories on the menu. And I remember for my birthday, my son says, what do you want to do? I says, I want to watch both the Clipper and the Laker game at the same time. He says, Mom, that's going to be a sports bar. What are you going to eat? I said, nachos. I'm a vegetarian. Hold the meat. And, you know, I went home that night, and I got on my computer program, and I entered in Buffalo Wild Wings nachos, and it came back. Did you have nachos supreme? Did you have nachos deluxe? (laughs) And I picked the right one, and I clicked it, and it put my calories in. I count my calories every day. I put them my food. I weigh and measure my food. I put it into a computer program, and I do that with my exercise. And and I think my exercise is what has really done it. And I make a conscious effort. I am my pool man. Everybody else goes to the gym and works the machines. Uh, I'm vacuuming the pool. I'm scooping out pool stuff. You know, I keep myself very active. I walk. I walk very quickly, about four times a week, about four miles. And I wear a nine-pound weighted vest because my doctor said, you're losing some bone. You're going to take this medicine. I said, let me look what... The research says, research says weight-bearing exercise. Oh, and so I went to this fitness trainer, and I just started doing the treadmill, and she said, let me weigh you. I said, you're not really going to do that. I have a scale at home. That's the one I use. God forbid, you know, I got some dirt on my foot. It weighs a half an ounce. You know, the scale's going to be up. It's going to make me stressed for the rest of the day. I'm not going to do that. She says, well, let me take your measurements. She took my measurements. I will tell you, after doing about four miles, four times a week, in six weeks, I lost three inches around my waist. Now, I wear a heart monitor. I do all of my cardio exercise for my heart. And I have, not, I have the healthiest heart in the world. 30 years ago, I would have done this exercise to have a cute rear end. But you know what? I still have a cute rear end. That's not my goal, but that's what came. And, and I really have to say, I have to work on my abstinence every day. I have to work on my food every day. I have to work on my exercise every day. I have to work on my spiritual connection. But I stay moving. I stay active. Look at me. Okay, this is the real story. I weigh less than it says on my driver's license, and that was a lie 60 years ago. So how do you like that? Better late than never. I mean, after they asked me to be on this panel, I said, oh, dang, that wrinkle cream sure ain't working. Maybe I should get that facelift. But, you know, I still said if I had the extra money, I think I'm going to redo my driveway. <laughs> I, 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 you know, just the way it is. It's just my priorities. You know, that's just the way I think of it. Uh, but I am trying a new facial cream, okay? It, my son-in-law's in the business. <laughs> I'll speak to you after the meeting. So my savior is, my savior is, and my weight has been lower than the weight on my driver's license, which I thought was my perfect weight, because I'm real conscious about what I eat. I'm a vegetarian. Now, 1994, I came in the program. 
I needed to get this right away. I mean, I was like 50. It was like my last chance fling, you know what I mean? To get something hot going in my life. But you know what? It took me from 1994 to 1998 to give up sugar. And I did. And I don't eat any sugar. I have a, I have a couple items I eat that are sugar-free that look like candy. But they're in the yellow light foods a measured amount. I brought two little baggies with two little measured amounts because I'm here for two days and that's what, that's part of my food plan. I never eat three pieces. I never eat four pieces. I, ne- I eat two pieces. That's two-thirds of a serving. And that's just what I do. And, and, though, and then in, okay, so we went from 1994 to 1998 to give up sugar. That's how long it took me. It wasn't one minute. It wasn't one day. That's how long it took. But I got it. 2000, April. Here are my pictures. You'll notice the one where I'm at my heaviest. And the gentleman looks that was with me, people often asked me if he was my son. And I don't know if they'd say that now. Because I see pictures of him on the internet, and he looks like my dad. So there you have it. And I just keep trying to think and act young. My abstinence went no sugar in 1998. I gave up wheat in 2000. In 2002, I gave up all gluten. My daughter just forwarded me an article. She wants to start my first grandchild on solid foods, and she was thinking of using rice cereal, but she then sent me this article that talked about how all of those grains, including rice, um, are really not very healthy for us. So the way I eat is the way you would eat to stay young and stay healthy. And I did went to my doctor after two years, and he said, Okay, okay, okay. So there's no you didn't you've been losing bone la- mass for 10 years. Now you've really got this cardio going. And there's no significant change in your bone mass. And I said, "Hadi, I like that." And he says, "But you are never going to build any bone mass." And I'm going back in another 2 months because I read an article that said if you go 4 miles and you wear a weighted vest, you will build bone mass. And I've added magnesium to the calcium. I mean, I'm really focused. You know, I'm a retired computer engineer. And do you know what my retirement job is? I'm a yoga teacher. And I do private lessons, which means I have to do all of the exercises all of the time. I was graced by God to have a certain natural flexibility. But I have to tell you, if my client that doesn't call for a week and I do a set and I say, oh, I can feel it, I can feel it, but you know, I just keep staying in a mental, spiritual, and physically fit condition. I do that by doing service. I did eight years on the Region 2 board I am chair of our next convention in Palm Springs, and I hope to see all of your faces there. And you know what? I'm changing the committee thing. Because, you know, I know about I'm getting old. So I decided that every committee would have two chairs. The old fart, I mean the experienced mentor, 
<laughs> and the greepee or the young person. And you know why I did that? Not just to bring more young people into doing service, but I like their energy. I like their energy. My daughter says, my mom is the only person that's going to be 70 years old and shops in the junior department. You know, I never could shop in the junior department because I was always a little too zoftic, if you know what I mean. And juniors are not zoftic. So, you know, I'm past it. And I'm going to be 70. And I am so grateful. I am so happy for my body, for my mind, and my spirit. And I exercise them all. I do. I'm in the computer field. I keep up to date. I do a lot of very complicated computer things. I wanted to have more than one router in my house, and I cascaded them. I looked the stuff up online. I mean, this was not a simple task. This was, I, I was walked through it once with the tech support person. That was hard. And then and now somebody reset one of the routers, and I had to go set it up all again. But you know, I said, I can do this. So I keep the mind pushing the envelope. Okay, and you know, I try to look at everything as a gift from God. Okay, I have to admit, there was a senior moment, and that was when I made my plane reservation from Los Angeles to Sacramento. There were three times. The first time was 7 in the morning. The last time was 7 at night. And there in the middle was 10. I booked for 10. Well, a few days ago I looked. That was 10 p.m., not 10 a.m. <laughs> it's their fault because I said sort according to schedule, and it's sorted by price. But that's okay. I bought the ticket, and I thought of changing it, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I said, I'm going to make this an adventure. So yesterday I arrived at LAX at 6 o'clock because there was a 7.45 flight, and I said, I'm going to go standby. But, you know, they actually had to pay people not to take that flight. The next flight was at 6 at night. I would have missed the play. I couldn't handle that. So I said, how about I go through San Francisco? One lady said, you know, that won't be so bad. I'll help you out with that. But all of our flights are full. I don't know if you'll get on anything. I said, just book me on the next flight, and I'm going to take another minute. And, and she booked me on the next flight, and the lady next to her said, you know, you're, there's five flights from, from uh, to San Francisco to Sacramento. You're never going to do it. I said, well, and the, I said, just book me. God's going to take care of this. I'm taking the chance. I might have to spend the night in San Francisco for a hotel if I can't get out of San Francisco. So she said, oh, I don't even have to put you on the waiting list. Look, I put this. Here's a seat. Go over, get the plane. So I got the plane. I landed in San Francisco, and I got off, and she had me on like a 2.30 flight, but I got there early, and there was another flight, and I ran up, and I wanted to get on it. Well, I really wanted lunch, okay, because... <laughs> Uh, you, you know how that is. I really wanted lunch, and I ran, and they said, you know, the weight is too heavy. I said, you know, I'm down below. I'm 135. I went, and I'll take my lunch out of my bag. And they said, no, it's other people's luggage. You know, we can't afford the weight on this small plane. So I said, I'm going to go have lunch. And this is the good news. What was my gift from God? I'm a vegetarian. I went to the Mexican place, and I had nachos with tofu. Honey, 
That made my day. That was God saying, you're on the right path. You're doing the right thing. I had my nachos and I don't know. There was one seat left on the next flight and it was mine. So I don't know if I even talked about aging because I'm not too sure how old I am. But (laughs) I'm not going to let that bother me. I'm going to keep doing service. I'm going to keep following my food plan. I'm going to keep doing my spiritual work. I'm being of service to others. And, you know, I think I'm going to die never having gone through menopause, and I'm going to keep it that way. All right. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Pamela. Our third speaker is Dana from Santa Rosa. Okay. I'm Dana. I'm an abstinent compulsive overeater from Santa Rosa. Hi, y'all. Weird to sit there and wait all that time. Um, just to qualify, um, I'm celebrating, or hopefully you'll celebrate. In, uh, no, 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 I don't do that. I have 27 years of abstinence and recovery in this program. Thank you, God. Uh, thank you. I started in the program when I was 45, so you can figure out that I'll, in September I'll be 73, so I qualify as aging. Uh, I'm going to say ditto to everything that's been said before this, and we'll add, I guess, what my experience, strength, and hope is to that. Um, I am firmly of the belief that I don't have to dress like an old lady. I have a daughter who helps me not doing that, and I encourage everybody else to to do so, too, because it's fun, and who cares? And if people see me in my gym outfit and my running shoes... And it's a Sunday during church, and they look at me, especially if they're old ladies, as if, what are you doing dressed like that? I just think, hey, lady, I just worked out. So it's, 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 a, it's a mind job. So when I first agreed to do this topic, um, I thought, well, that's just right up my alley because it's aging is, I'm sorry, we're, we're, none of us are babies in here. It's really hard. It's hard to face aging, it's hard to face getting old, and it's, it's hard, at least for me, to accept that I can't do the things that I used to do, and hardest of all, I can't eat the things that I used to eat. That really is the bummer of this whole thing. Um, I want to read to you two quotes that I just keep reading at people, and the people who know me, I apologize, but they're both from the big book, and they're really what has kept me going in this program. One is from page 77 of Into Action. It says, Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. And I like that. Bill's very, very clever about having, you know, he's full of nevers and have-tos and real purpose and the main thing. So the main thing is from page 73 of Working with Others. The main thing is that the person be willing to believe in a power greater than themselves and that they live by spiritual principles. And for me, aging has taken me to my knees, literally, with my relationship with my higher power. It's over and over and over again. Oh, man, you don't want me to do that. 
And it's over and over again me saying, well, I can't do it. You've got to make it happen. And that's my personal mantra. So when they told me I was going to, what tough subject, I thought, well, I just could do a health log for 20 minutes. So I just thought I'd have some fun here with the health log just to review. I'm really lucky. I'm in really, really good health. I come from strong genes. Everybody lives forever. And except for one side of the family that I've inherited the following things from, I guess. Nobody ever, t- everybody was way too old to have had doctors figure it out. But my first joy was around 60. I was diagnosed as hypothyroid. Well, right, all of us grew up in an era like, yes, hypothyroid, I get drugs, right? <laughs> Thyroid drugs are going to make you lose weight. Wrong. I go to Kaiser. I go over to the consulting physician. He says, and be very careful because these increase your appetite. You could have heard the thud on the floor. <laughs> Probably did in L.A. It was like, what? That's not right. And he said, yeah, I'm sorry. And he was right, you know. And there's, I've had a series of drugs that do that. And they even say on there, increases your appetite. That is not fair. <laughs> Aging is not fair. I'm sure that you all agree with me. There are a lot of things that just don't, aren't fair. Second thing, my friend Arthur came to visit. I call him Arthur. This is arthritis. Um, lately, I've just been having trouble. I've got arthritis in my neck, which gives me a 24-7 headache. What do you do with that? I'm doing what this program taught me. I'm doing everything that I can figure out to do. I've done acupuncture, done physical therapy. I go to the doctor. I tried drugs, which made me feel awful. I have such sympathy for people who have to take mind-changing drugs. Oh, my God, they're awful. Supposed to work with a headache, it didn't, so luckily I didn't have to keep work taking that. The only way I do all those things, especially the scary ones, like people putting needles into me for the first time, was, okay, God, you know, please take care of me. You taught me that with the serenity prayer. You taught me that when I came into program, that this is a, there is in existence a loving God who wants me to be healthy and happy and comfortable in my life. Comfortable doesn't necessarily mean comfortable by my old terminology, but I'm way more comfortable because I'm willing to take those steps. Man, I didn't know I was going to say some of these things. The other thing is, as I get older, as has been mentioned here, um, I used to have trouble buying clothes because I had thunder thighs. So I'd have to buy up and the waist would be too big. That has changed. My thighs are no longer the problem. My waist is the problem. So then what do they come out with? Well, a healthy waist is under 35 inches, and a good BMI is before 25, right? So I thought, okay, it's no longer about the scale. It's about these relationships. What do I need to do? I did not like the answers. First thing that the thyroid did to me one night I didn't know I was going to tell this story either. One night, I went to bed wearing my clothes. The next morning, I got up, and my pants would not fasten. My pants on my jeans had a two-inch gap between the button and the buttonhole. Well, I'm a compulsive overeater, right? Oh, my God, I must have binged the whole night. That was the first reaction. I must have eaten yesterday, and I'm in total denial. I had no idea what I did, but I am really bloated, and I am a mess. But I looked back, and because I'm in OA, thank you, God, 
I had yesterday's food written down. Actually, I didn't, but I knew what I'd had to eat. I thought, well, I didn't overeat yesterday. This is weird. And luckily, I have a friend who has a bad thyroid, and she said, welcome to the crowd. So I thought, well, what do I do? Because my mind is what makes me crazy. My mind was telling me, you went out, you binged, you overeat, you're gone, this is not going to work. So I did for the first time in my life. So that's 15 years into program. I said, I need a food sponsor. I need somebody. I call every day. I tell them what I ate in order so that I know what I ate and I'm not crazy. So ever since then, and that's been, what, 13 years, 12 years, I either email or call in my food and I write it down. I write that food. Oh, I can't believe I write down my food every day. It's like, no, I'm never going to do that. Those people are crazy that do that. I write down my food. Um, the other thing I picked up was ulcers. And I don't have any good reason for it except stress. And I guess maybe because I'm a Virgo, that's where it shows up. But anyway, that's just the way it is. And so I take a med for that. And, of course, what does that med do? It makes me want more food. Plus, I learned something else. You know, we talk about halt in here, hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. Food works when I'm tired. It really does work. You know, it's a really, really good drug. If I'm tired and I take some food, I get a burst of energy, and it lasts for a period of time. One of the major things with thyroid is cold constipation and fatigue. Boom, boom, boom. So I'm tired. My, my meds have gotten off. What am I going to do? I want to eat a little bit more food so I can keep going through the day. Oh, it's just always having to face whatever is the truth about what is going on in my body and to stop the comparing with everybody who's 20. That's my other thing. Because I'm 23. Well, Pamela's not here. But I, I actually, when I came into the program, I think I was eight. And then I got to my teens, and I got to do teens. I'm probably a little, I'm legal now. I'm probably about 20, but I don't feel old. I mean, I've been building, but nobody in here feels old. It's like somebody calls me ma'am. It's like, <laughs> so somebody said the other day, oh, yeah, well, people over 70 tend to get arthritis. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's right. And then this light bulb went off. <laughs> oh, I'm over 70. Duh. <laughs> But I don't think of myself as being over 70. When I walk around, I'm not a 72-year-old woman. No, none of us are. So it's a surprise when the body says, well, I'm sorry, dear, but you need to make these changes. Um, The other thing that came in is I've been in program a long time, and I want to let you know how important the, the service aspect of this is. It's the service you give me. Number one, newcomers give me a new breath of life. I love hearing somebody new to the program. I love hearing somebody new to abstinence because it reminds me where I was, what it was like, because it's really easy to forget over 27 years. But two years ago, I turned 70 years old. I had 25 years of recovery in the program, and my head said, I am so done. I am so out of here. I don't have to do this anymore. And I thought, oh, boy, the red flags are flying. Let me, all, let me tell you, the red flags are flying all over. This is a dangerous place because the tiger is pacing. The tiger is right there at the freezer door at the market saying, oh, come and have all of me, honey. And I can't do that. 
but you know why I can't do it? Because dairy makes my arthritis hurt. So God's given me another reason not to have something that I don't eat anymore. Anyway, it was, I was 70, OA was 50, and I went to the birthday party. And I spent the entire birthday party in long-timers meetings, listening to long-timers speak. They used to call us old-timers. Now they're long-timers. Eh, whatever, this PC stuff, like the guy last night. I'm not too partial to PC. Anyway, what I heard, maybe you know what I heard, but do you know what every single one of those speakers said? One day at a time. That's the only thing they really had in common besides the disease. And that's what I had to remember. This isn't about how old I am. It isn't about how long I've been in program. It isn't about how many years of abstinence. That has nothing to do with anything. Am I abstinent at this moment? Can I go to lunch and choose an, an abstinent meal? So that's just a miracle that that gift is there. So the answers to, I wrote those down as challenges, the answers that I've come up with are discipline. I hate that word. I detest that word. The word discipline has always been, you can't make me do that. I don't like to be told I have to make my bed every day. I don't like to be told I have to brush my teeth every day. I don't like to be told that I should follow a food plan. I just really don't like that. So I hear all of you say, well, this is what I do and it works, and this is what I do and it works, and this is what I do and it works, and this is what I do and it works. And I say, okay, God, HP, whatever you want to call him, help me here because I know I cannot make myself do that. I wouldn't be here if I could make myself do any of this stuff. So I can't make myself do it. But I am now disciplined. I can't tell you the list of, well, I'm I don't know. She hasn't flagged me at the time. I get up. I do prayer. I do meditation. I brush, floss, and pick twice a day. I get down on my knees. I go to meetings. I sponsor. I call my sponsor. I make my bed. Oh, my God. I can't tell you the list of things that I am willing to do. And the funny thing is, the first time I was willing to get down on my knees and pray before I went to bed, I forgot. You know. I was willing, but that's the hard part, is the doing part. And I was in bed, and this little voice said, well, you were going to get out and on your knees and pray. And I said, oh, blank. And I got out of the bed and did it. Now, I consider that my higher power. That was not Dana. I was going to go to sleep the way I was used to. And that's the way all of this has worked. Some, I say I want. I say I'm willing. And whoever God, higher power is, says... Okay, you asked, baby. Here we go. And I've just been blessed with that. That is the blessing of this program. As they said, if I am willing to believe in a power greater than myself and live by spiritual principles. So, I pretty much said all that, and she hasn't given me a flag. So what do I get to talk about? How much time do I have left? Okay. Um, I'm one of those people that really, really harps on the spiritual aspect of this program. I was blessed when I came in. I've never, 
I, I went to church a lot when I was a kid because I loved music and I sang in the choir until I was graduated from high school. Went to college and lost all my faith in any kind of religion. And, um, but the thing I had, and those of you who grew up in a tr- Christian tradition, I had this from like I was two years old, is Jesus loves me, this I know. For the... I left all of it out of there, but I kept in my head that I am loved. I just, for some reason, I had a loving God. And that is grace. That is pure grace. I know a lot of you came in here, no, anything in my life shows that God is bad, awful, non-existent, not there, can't possibly be. So I consider that I had a little step above in that I came in knowing that I believed in something that might help. And I've since read, you know, you read the big book enough times, you get to see, they're very clear in there. Find the God that works for you. Whatever it is. I remember there's a guy in this program. I just loved him. He used to say, my, my higher power is Magic, Magic Johnson. And he had a picture of Magic Johnson in his bathroom, and that's who his higher power was. It doesn't matter. Pick something bigger than I am. This thing that's bigger than I am, I went back to school when I was... Um, five years in program maybe, and I got a degree in transpersonal psychology. So my God, it's just humongous. It's not gray-haired old man in the sky. It's not any of the images that you might have of whatever religious tradition, but it works. And that is the most important thing for me. I came into this program a tester. I guess that's what I needed to tell. I am not a content, sad... Um, serene driver. I tend to be upset with the way other people drive. I get upset with traffic lights. I get upset with trains. Uh, I can just go on and on. I should say I used to. I still do a little bit. I'm not anywhere nearly as bad. So one of the things I did one day, I was, this is in Palo Alto, and they have a train that cuts through town. I was driving down, and I was just really getting really angry, and I'm sitting at the train the train had the gall to cross, all right? <laughs> Trains in my way. I mean, this is an attitude, right? I said, please, God, you know, if you, can, if you can handle all the rest of this stuff, can you calm me on this? This is clearly a defect of character. And probably a couple of months later, I'm sitting at the same traffic light, same train, and thinking, oh, my God. I'm not having a fit because I'm stuck at this train. And that's how this program has worked for me. I came in and I said, they said that this will work. I came in as a um, crazer. So I said, I need, and I ate multiple servings. So I said, my abstinence will be three meals a day, nothing in between, and no seconds. I was really clear. That was what abstinence was. I could eat anything as long as it's in that framework. It had to be on one plate, or if it was a salad, two plates, and that was all I ate. And you know that happened. The next thing that happened, over the years, I, I didn't say I've been, I have, that abstinence has been imperfectly, imperfectly perfect. I am in progress. And the progress is part of the aging thing because my food went from there. It is now in a tight little confined box of what goes in here. I, my food is, I count calories at this point because I don't need much more than 1,200 calories a day or I will be bigger than I want to be. Anyway, it's been a series. As, as that box narrowed, both physically, mentally, 
spiritually. Actually, the spiritual box got bigger. As the box changed, <laughs> I, each change that was successful gave me more faith and trust. I call it sort of an OA catch, positive catch-22. The more I'm abstinent, the more God helps me. The more God helps me, the more I'm abstinent. The more God, I'm abstinent, when I stay abstinent, I have the clarity to realize that I am making progress and that these are areas that I need to change. And it's been the hardest with getting older. It's been getting hardest with a lot of the physical things. My heart's gotten bigger in a way. People say I've gotten softer. And I like that. And I like that I can cry. I wouldn't cry in front of anybody for anything under any reason when I came to this program. I can cry in front of people. I can ask people for help. I have changed immensely in my heart, in my spirit. My relationship with my higher power has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But my body keeps saying, well, you can go to the gym, but you can't do the exercises that use this part of your back. And you can go to the gym, but you can't use these things that use this part of your neck. And you can walk, but we prefer that you don't go up or downhill because your knees are going to be a problem. So life has some aspects gotten smaller and smaller, and that's where I have to pray my boots off. Please, God. Please, God. Please, God. So thank you. Thank you all for being here and helping my recovery. Thank you, Dana. The meeting is now open for three-minute pitches. Up here I have the um, speaker release form because everything in the shares are being recorded. They didn't give us very many lines, so we'll work that out. Hmm, interesting. We ask that you limit your share to three minutes, and Louise is our timer up here, so... Uh, give her your attention. She'll let you know when you have a minute and when your time's up. Confine your share to your experience, strength, and hope on the topic discussed today. This session ends at 9.45. And um, also, uh, he told me that this microphone will release and come down if someone's unable to come up the stairs with Larry and my assistance. So we're open for sharing. Thank you. My name's Larry, and I'm a recovering compulsive eater. <laughs> I wanted to um, get up here be- so I can re- return to giving service. Uh, these women are awesome, aren't they? They are absolutely awesome. Um, I have a maybe a little bit different um, spin on this. I'm, I really am, am embracing growing old. I embraced uh, being 40. I embraced being 50, and I'll be 60 in February. And I'm embracing that. I, I like uh, my, the, the experience I'm gaining in life. I, um, I love become the wisdom. And uh, I'm accepting growing old. Uh, I can tell you this, that I can do all the strength uh, workouts, all the cardio, yoga, acupuncture, elite spinal care, brand. I'm not going to get out of this world alive <laughs> if I do those things. 
And one of the things I, I have uh, added to my spiritual uh, program is I study and put in practice Eastern philosophy. And the great masters talk about um, that our bodies are an illusion and that the only thing permanent is God. And um, that being said, though, uh, I have a little secret. I, I, I think the secret to uh, in our program in terms of slowing down the aging process is doing the child of origin work. Um, I have a therapist I go to. I'm in another 12-step program that deals with my love addiction. Um, I grew up in a family where I was traumatized. Um, I grew up in a family where I was very angry man. And today I'm anger-free, uh, resentment-free. I have a contented abstinence. And I think that by doing that work has kept me, kept me younger. Um, I'm a grandfather for the first time. Yeah. Uh, my oldest daughter, uh, yeah, uh, Landon Montgomery. And I got to tell you, I'm going to be the most edgy grandfather that this <laughs> child could ever have. Uh, but balanced with some maturity because I want to be a mentor to him. Uh, I want to give this gift, and uh, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing any of this, okay? I am, thank you. I, 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 I'm not doing any of this. God is doing this, and I'm, I'm doing the work. God is the doer, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing the doing. Uh, and I have a life that is beyond, um, it's beyond being amazing. I shared yesterday uh, that I hiked uh, 75 miles in, in, uh, in Spain, the Santiago de Camino Trail. Um, one of the hikes was a 15-mile death march uh, in the highest elevation and pouring rain. Now, I had some gas at the end of the tank. I don't have the body I used to have. We, you know, I, I went at a slow pace. But you know what? I, I look pretty good today. You know, I feel pretty good. And it's because of the 12-step program. It's because of the work I'm doing. And as these uh, women have been talking about, taking care of myself impeccably. I can't get away with the same things I used to get away with when I was 50, 40, and 30. Um, anyway, it, it's just the best being here. And um, thank you for all of your experience, strength, and hope. Hi, my name is Hope, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi. Thank you, guys. Girls, whatever you want to call yourselves. Um, I, I've been in this program 34 years. Um, I'm going to be also 60 in February. Um, and that's why I came. You know, I have seen the changes in me on all three levels. I really relate to the knee stuff and the you know, the calorie stuff, and you know the box does get smaller with the physical the physical aspect. But I have to tell you, I don't know if it's because I'm older. It's the maturity. It's kind of like natural, you know. As you get older, you get wiser, kind of thing, you know. But today, I just want to be healthy, well, and sane. That's my goal on all three levels. I want to, you know. I don't need to have the perfect body. I never did. 
I never did. I don't, you know, I really don't care. I want to be healthy. Thank God I don't have cancer, God forbid, or any of these other things. I mean, I'm so grateful every day. I really am. And um, my father just passed away. He was 91. My mother is 90. Um, people don't believe she's 90. She looks like she's 75 maybe or something. And, and the thing is, she has a spirit. She is, everybody knows her. Everybody knows her. She lives in Las Vegas. She, she goes to the casinos, and everybody knows her. Ada, Ada, and she's giving out candy to every. She's not a compulsive reader. And she's always baking for people, and, and she's got this spirit. You know, you, when you talk to her, you think she's 60 or 50 or something. And that's what I want to be. And that's what, if I keep practicing the principles in these 12 steps, I can't shop in the junior department because of boobs. They just don't make them big enough. Sorry. But <laughs> for me, I wish I could. I don't really wish I could. I think it's important to just um, be the best you can be. Dress as well as you can. Um, it, it says that in that, what's that little prayer that we do that um, just for today I will dress becomingly, I will, you know, all that, whatever it is, you know, look it up. Um, <laughs> so I'm just really grateful to be here. I didn't know if I wanted to come into this one or not, and I did, and I'm glad. Thank you. go. That is all the time we have for sharing. It is now time to close the session. Before we close, I want to remind you that the hotel is offering a cash-only lunch option in the atrium from 1130 to 1230 for your convenience. Let's thank our speakers and all who have done service at this session. If you enjoyed this workshop, we encourage you to stop by the tapes table in order to tapes table to order copies of this session or any other sessions. All workshops and main speaker events are being recorded and are available on CD or as an electronic download. Oh, there we go. All right, please join hands, and we're going to close with the third step prayer, which is on page eight of your program.